0: in jesus name good morning welcome to lake community church's morning bible study we are in genesis chapter 29 this morning we're getting into jacob hunting for his wife going to his uncle's house laban's house and searching for his wife and right when the bible study started my dog snored real loud i'm not sure if you heard that at the start but it's hilarious to me anyway today we've got a beautiful morning a beautiful day beautiful time to uh, spend in God. Today we're going to talk a little bit about wells and I think that's important and it's important for a couple reasons. Just mainly it's important just because wells are a picture of the nourishment of water. It's the picture of the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit. That's what water's for. Water also sustains us and nourishes us and uh, carries us. Water is not the same as food is what makes sure that your body can function long term. You can't just drink water without food. Of course, you can't just eat food without water. You got to have both of them. And I think that is one of the most wonderful aspects of the pictures that God has given us. If I have food and really bread is what is the picture of Jesus. He's the bread of life. If I have bread, but I don't have any water, the bread will sustain me for a little while, but water eventually water, well, really quickly, in fact, water will cause me to, it'll cause me, I'll die quickly if I don't have water within a few days. I have to have the spirit. And remember, water represents the cleansing and the sustaining power of the Holy Spirit. And so I've got to have water, but if I just live off water for some of us longer than others, but if I just live off water for a long period of time, it eventually I'm eventually going to starve to death, and I've got to have both, and and that's exactly what I love about that picture. You have to have, you have to have the water, you have to have the the sustaining power, you have to have the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit, because water does cleanse, it does sustain. You have to have that, but you also have to have the nourishment. Of Jesus, because Jesus is what makes us, it grows us, it matures us. He makes us who we're supposed to be. And by the way, that water allows us to really be able to eat that bread because the water makes the bread chewable, it makes it able to be digested. And you've got to have, if the Spirit is not teaching you the Word, if the Spirit, not a person, but if the Spirit's not teaching you the Word of God, then you're missing out. And if you're trying to eat the word of God without the spirit, you're eventually, it's going to eventually become, it's eventually become so difficult to eat that you quit eating it. Likewise, if I just have the sustaining power of water and I don't have the word, and this happens to a lot of believers, a lot of believers want to live by the spirit just totally and not have any of the word, not have any of, God's Word to to nourish them, to mature them, to grow them. They just love the Spirit, but no word. Eventually, you're going to starve to death, and your life is going to become very thin and vacuous. And so you got to have both. You got to have all of it. You can't just have one without the other. Now, you say, why are you talking, why'd you start out with wells? Well, there's two types of wells in all actuality. Now there may be multiple types of wells. If you're a well digger, if you're somebody who digs well, I, I knew somebody in Montgomery, he was part of the church who, did, his name's Preston Gothard. He dug wells, he digs wells all the time. Nowadays, when you dig a well, you don't dig these wide wells where you can put a man in it and he keeps on digging to the ground. Now they have drills and the wells are no more than six six inches to a foot wide and and they go deep into the ground, and you can get plenty of water from a well like that. So I realize there are all different types of wells, but really, generally speaking, there are two types of wells. There's a well where you've got to pump the water up, or in some way, bring the water to the surface. Back then, it would have been drop a bucket down and then pull the water up by, by a rope. But also, there are artesian wells, or wells that are springs, and really, that's what they are they're springs of living water they're sources of water that come from the ground and they well up to you that the water comes up to you now you go what's the why does that really matter in the bible that really does matter and it matters a lot if you'll remember isaac dug a lot of wells and that's a picture of you working for that spirit you working to have access to god You working your way into a place where God is fulfilling you, where God is showing you his will, where you're figuring out who he is. That's a picture that's going on there. And by the way, that's a picture of the law. The law, we have to live by the law. And if you don't live by the law, if you break it in any part... You're breaking the whole law. And so that's a picture of kind of digging that well. However, on the other end, there are wells of living water. And that's what Jesus told the woman at the well. He said, he said, if you knew who I was, you'd ask me for water and I would give you a well of living water that would spring up in you to eternal life. What he's saying is that well produces its water on its own. You don't have to work for it. What you have to do is you have to trust in it, believe in it, and allow it to be what it is. And that's the new testament and that's the new covenant and that's and that is fulfilled in jesus christ so you got the old testament well which is the law and you've got to dig it you've got to work it you've got to do it exactly right or that well will a cave in and then you've got the new testament and that's the well of living water that's given to us by jesus and it springs up into us eternal life and it's not a work-based relationship it's a faith-based relationship now in the Old Testament, it was faith because you had to trust God to live by the law. There was faith there. You need not remove that from the Old Testament because the Old Testament clearly teaches us faith. In fact, Abraham was the man of faith. He trusted God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. But just because there, he's the man of faith, just because he trusted God does not mean that the Old Testament covenant is not centered on the law. It is centered on the law. And so when we find Jacob here, he's going to go on his journey and he's searching for God's plan and God's will for his life. He's searching for his bride. He's searching for a wife and he's searching for what God wants to do with him. And so in verse 29, one, it says, so Jacob went on his journey and he came to the land of the people of the East and he looked and saw a well in a field. All right, that's a well that somebody else has dug, and that is a picture of the law. Remember, you got to go and and get your own. You got to go and get your own water. You got to pull it up yourself. He says he saw that well in the field, and behold, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. And uh, every time I see the word the number three, you always think Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You think the Trinity. And what that means is that that's a picture of there were three flocks of sheep there were, and sheep are a picture of God's people. So you've got God's people and you've got God right there and they're all around this well. And so if I were him, I would see that as a sign that God wants him to be there. That's where God's found because God's found where God's people are. And you need to really hone in on that. And I'm focusing on that lately a lot. I don't know why, but God's people meet regularly together. And if you're a part of, if you're in our area and you're in the Lake Martin area and you need a church home, you need to be in church. You need to be meeting with God's people, and we have a church. We meet at the Rodeo Club, and I would say, come on and meet with us. Be with us on Sunday. But if you're listening somewhere else, if you're far away, and there are a lot of people all over the country, in Texas and up in the north and in Wisconsin and Minnesota and all those areas, we've got several people that listen to us there and then up the eastern seaboard. If you're listening to me and you don't have a church home out there in the places that you live, you need to find one because God's people meeting together is where God's at. God's always there with his people. We got three flocks. We got the flocks and God. Whenever God whenever God's people gather together, God wants to meet with them. Now, sometimes those people don't want to meet with him. Sometimes they're there for other reasons. Sometimes we go to worship for our, with our own priorities and our own agendas. I had a friend yesterday tell me one of the funniest things you can say to God is, "Now God, here's my plan." God doesn't have a pla God doesn't have your plan in mind. He has his plan in mind. And when we show up to church, if we show up with our own agendas and with our own purposes and with our own desires and want to do our own things, well, that's what causes a division and dissension in the church. And it also causes you not to meet with God because God doesn't have your plans in mind. He has his plans in mind. And so when we meet together with our own plans. And when we meet together with our own agenda, we end up not getting any either. We don't get our agenda, and we don't get our plans, and we don't get God's plan. We just miss out on it all. But when we meet together searching for God's plan, searching for God, moving in the hearts of other people, and to encourage that and to build that up, I think that's a fabulous thing to do. I think that is exactly what we're supposed to be doing every Sunday morning. We're supposed to show up and then figure out what God's doing and join him in the middle of it and get involved and have fun and be a part of the plan of God. It is exciting. It's joy-filled. It's delivering. It'll deliver you from problems and issues, and it'll sustain you and set you apart. You've got to do that. And so it says that there were flocks lined by, for out of that they watered the flocks. The sheep go where the water is. And I found that to be true. That is an absolute truth that you can't get past. God's people go where God's water is. You're going to see as we're studying through the Revelation on Wednesday night, you're going to see that as we study through that, that in the New Jerusalem, there is a river that flows from the throne of God. And one of the things I love about what that says is, and the fish gather where the fresh water flows. It says the fish gather where the fresh water flows. And in the Bible, if you said to me, uh, "What are the two symbols that represent people in the Bible?" enough, it's trees and fish. Generally speaking, if you're just talking about generally people in the Bible, what are the symbolisms for people? They're fish and they're trees. I can't tell you why. I just that's just the way it is. If you see tree or fish, it generally stands for people. And if it's an individual tree. It usually fa- stands for a nation or a group of people that are all one together, and you'll see that when Jesus uh, strikes the fig tree, he's wh- that's a picture of him 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 removing the blessing of God from Israel at that time. Those th- that's a picture of that, and obviously when Peter and uh, Peter is in the boat and he says, "I'm gonna make you fishers of me," that that general symbolism. Notice that the that at the the sheep gather. And where the fresh water flows, the fish gather and sheep gather. By the way, the third picture of people is sheep, but that's always God's people. And God's people always gather where the water is and fish gather where the fresh water flows, where the spirit of God is moving. And that can be lost and save people because, because God gathers the lost so that he, so they might give them eternal life and make them born again and give them the gift of salvation to walk in. That's going on all the time. And, but you got to have the spirit. And you got to have the word. And by the way, I do need to explain this just just for the moment. On Sunday morning, we have two aspects of worship. And those two aspects can be defined by the water and the bread also. Our worship, our singing portion of our worship service is the water is the spirit. And the sermon or the talking about the word of God is the bread. And it's the spirit and the truth. And Jesus said that we would worship him in spirit and in truth. And that's what goes on there. And interesting for us, it also deals with both aspects of our soul. Remember, our soul in the New Testament is our heart and our mind. It's our passions or our emotions and our intellects and our intellect and thought. And so those two things are an aspect of our soul. Our soul are unique and important. And so when you're sitting there thinking about it, the worship part of the it touches our emotions it touches our our heart that's what it does and it's meant for that and so if you're a word type person and you're not a worship type person for Sunday morning what you're telling me is you're not stirring up the aspect of your soul that's your emotional or your passionate part of your soul. And I would say to you, even though I'm like you're you very foolish not to sing and not to join and not to get into it. If you see me in worship on Sunday morning, I'm not going to be sitting there going over my notes for my sermon while everybody else is singing. I'm going to be singing. Why? Because I want my passions. I want my emotions to be involved in the service. Why? Because that's an aspect of my will, my heart, and my mind, my soul. I want it to be involved. And also, you want your heart and your mind to be fed. And that is the word. And that's where that comes from. And so we need the truth. We need the word. And we need it to build us up and to nourish us and to prepare us for what God's doing. You got to have both. You got to have both. And when God's people gather together, God's people are going to want both. Those sheep don't want to just drink water. They want to eat. And they don't want to just eat, they want to have some water to drink, they want to quench that thirst, they want to be cleansed, and it says a large stone was on the well's mouth, and that is always a picture of the law, large stone, it's a picture of the law. And the way they were going to access God, the way the sheep were going to access God here, was through the law. Now, that's going, to, that's going to be the case through the whole Old Testament. And so we're in the first book of the Old Testament. So that's going to be the standard for a, for a good long while here. That's going to be the standard for really about 1,500 years. We're going to receive the law in, in the next book of the Bible. And, and uh, there's going to be an aspect of God leading his people to know him through his law. And that's going to be important for the time to come. And by the way, Jacob and his wives are going to have children. And those children are going to be a picture of Israel. They are Israel. Jacob's name is going to be changed to Israel. And they're going to come to know God through the law and through Moses, the lawgiver. That's just a picture. We got a picture right here of that going on. And then he says, and they would roll the stone from the well's mouth, water the sheep, and then put the stone back in its place. On the well's mouth. By the way, <clears throat> there is a spring of living water in the Old Testament. And if you think about it, you'll realize that it's a place where they get water, where they don't have to dig a well. And it happens in the wilderness. It happens out in the wilderness. And that is the rock that the water flows from. And don't think that the New Testament understanding of Jesus and the New Testament understanding of eternal life is not found in the Old Testament. It actually really is. Because remember, the reason Moses couldn't go into the promised lands because God said, tap the rock, and he struck the rock. And Jesus is rock that rolls my sins away. He is the rock. The rock in the wilderness that has the living water flowing from it is Jesus. It's a picture of Jesus. And you can't miss that, and you can't piss out on that. He is the rock that rolls our sins away. He's the rock that makes life good for us. And he's the lo- he's the rock that gives us that flowing water that they didn't have to work for. Notice in the wilderness they didn't have to work for the. Water and they didn't have to work for the bread. They didn't have to work for the manna. It just came to them. They didn't even have to trust. It was just there. In the promised land, there is work, but that's works by, that work is a work by faith. And uh, we'll get into that one day as we're going through the book of Exodus, because it's a fabulous book to understand the New Testament principles of what God does in his process of justification, sanctification, and glorification of his people. In fact, it is the Old Testament picture of what God does. With us, It says now all the flocks would be gathered there and they would roll the stone of the well's way in the water and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place on the well's mouth. And we see here a picture of the law. We see here a picture of God's plan that he's getting putting in place. And we see God's people. We see God's people coming together and being where the source of water is, where the spirit is moving. Final thing I want you to notice He's going to go where God's people are to find his wife. So many times we've got young people and we tell young people, you just go out there and just do what you want to do when you're young and find you a wife or find you a husband. And we tell them to go find their wives and husbands where the water's not and where God's people aren't. You're best and most likely to find a spouse, find someone who's going to be somebody for your whole life someone that you're equally yoked with, someone that is the same as you, a believer, you're not going to find that out and about on Friday and Saturday hitting the hot spots in town. You're not going to do that. That's not going to be the way you do it. You're going to best and most likely find a person that you can spend the rest of your life with where God's people are because you're one of God's people. And the sooner you quit looking for them in places where God's people aren't, and start looking for your spouse in a place where God's people are, the better off you're gonna be. Jacob actually does this the right way. He goes where the water is, he goes where the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son are, and he goes where God's people, the flocks of sheep, and he does what he's supposed to do in finding a spouse there. That's my word of encouragement for you today if you're looking for a spouse, is go where God's people are, and you're more likely to find someone that is compatible with you because God's people are not compatible with those who are not God's people. And you become in unevenly yoked and you're going to have problems for a long time and you're going to struggle for a long time. So I would say to you, don't do that. Find God's people and be with God's people. If you're not looking for a spouse, but you're looking for a direction and a hope, you also need to be where God's people are. If you're looking for a place to serve, you need to be where God's people are. If you're looking for some growth and some understanding and some opportunity for figuring out what you're supposed to be doing with your life, go to where God's people are. Go where they're worshiping in spirit, meaning there's great worship and uh, God's people worship and go to where there's truth being told, meaning we're breaking to where they're breaking down God's word and teaching you God's word, not man's word, but God's word. And uh, if you'll do that, I promise you this. All the things that might be the blessing and the plan of God for your life will be found there. But you can't find it if you're not going where it is. And uh, that's just the way it is. And I hate that uh, the world is telling you differently, and it does. But the world lies to you, and you ought to know that. And I pray that'll happen for you. And I pray that God will open your eyes and allow you to see all the good and big and wonderful things that he has for you. And I pray that'll be the case for you as you go today and as you go on the rest of the week. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.